Well, good morning. Welcome to Paris Valley Community Church. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Um, want to say hello. If you're in the chat room, I want to say hello to, I think, Ursilda's in the chat room. Um, Laura, is Laura over on the YouTube chat room? Um, Stephanie, I think you're here in Facebook Live. Alan, Marissa, thank you for joining us. I, um, we're, we're so thrilled that you found us and you're here on either Facebook Live or on YouTube to watch, uh, to watch church service and to come together as a church family. We're going to start out this morning with an activity, okay? So this is something we haven't done before, but I want you to get close to your keyboard. We're actually, uh, we're going to talk in church, and we normally don't talk in church, but this is the way we're going to do it today. I want you to type something into the chat room, whether you are in the Facebook chat room or maybe you're in the YouTube chat room, or if you're watching this on demand later in the week, I want you to still type into the chat room right now, okay? So what I want you to do is go into the chat room and type your name, okay? So you're just going to write your name and push enter. That's all you have to do right now. So I, I want you to go ahead and do that. If you've uh, put the video feed up to your television, you might have to go back to your phone or back to your uh, computer. But I want you to go in the chat room, just type your name, push enter, okay? So you should start seeing names that are coming up in the chat room right now. I want you to look at everyone else's name. Well, let me ask you, what comes to mind when I say one of these names? Maybe Martin Luther King. What comes to mind when I say a name like George Washington? What about the name Nostradamus? What comes to mind when I say the name Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin? What comes to mind when I say the name Miley Cyrus? Okay. Now, what comes to mind when I say the name X weird AE symbol capital A dash 12. It's an actual name and you're going to look it up, okay? See, these are names that all come with an identity. And maybe some of them even come with an unwanted identity. Your name comes with an identity. And again, your name might come with an unwanted identity. What do people think of when they hear your name? I'm wondering if you were ever picked on in school because of your name. Now I want you to go back to the keyboard, and I want you to just let everyone know if you were picked on as a kid because of your name, go ahead and just type something. If you want to put in what they called you, you could write that. If it's not appropriate, you don't have to write that. But go in and just... Let us know, were you ever picked on in school because of your name? Write that in there or, or maybe send up a, a heart or a, or a thumbs up. Sometimes kids got bullied because of their name and, and maybe because their parents named them something weird. Maybe you got a kind of a strange name. Maybe your name rhymes with something and it makes it easy for the other kids to come up with a rhyming song that goes back and forth. It happened to me. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Or maybe you've got a name that just didn't fit into your culture of your school. It was different than, than anyone else's name. Let me tell you my story. 
So I did have one of those rhyming names. As a matter of fact, I still do. My name is Chris, and it rhymes um, with something that the kids would make, you know, they, they, there, there was some back and forth, right? So it, and I'm not going to repeat it here because it's kind of vulgar, and, and I don't even let my kids say that. But it happens, right? It rhymes, and so it happens. I won't say that I got picked on a lot because of my name, but enough to remember that I did and remember who it was who picked on me because of my name. I wonder if you were to ask my mother, actually, I don't have to wonder, and I think she's here today. If you were to ask my mother, she would stand up for the name Chris or the name Christopher because it meant something to her. She named me on purpose. Your parents named you on purpose. It was a special name to them that they gave you. Not many people purposefully give their kids a name so that they would be made fun of, unless you are Elon Musk. Go and look it up. Um, maybe he didn't do it on purpose, but it's there. If you don't understand it, just Google Elon Musk baby. I promise you it, it's worth it. Not right now. Wait until after church, okay? And we'll, uh, we'll talk about it in the chat room later. So you put your name up in the chat room, right? And you've made mention if you were someone who was picked on as a kid because of your name, right? You've given a blue thumbs up or, or a heart or you've made mention there in the chat room. So no more talking in church. We're all done talking right now. You can come back and you can put notes in the chat room throughout service if you want to, but we're done with your keyboard for right now, okay? We're going to look at your comments throughout the sermon, but I want you to ask yourself, isn't your name special to you? Like, don't you get excited? Or when you hear of somebody that has the exact same name that you have, doesn't it kind of pique your interest? Wow, somebody, unless it's somebody who's famous and they're in jail or they're in prison or they did something bad, you, you really may not want to be associated with that. But if somebody else has your exact name, it's, you know, that's kind of cool. I once, uh, when I was growing up, I knew a lady named Linda who I think every year would go to a convention in the Midwest. It was a Linda convention, and everyone who showed up was named Linda. And you couldn't come, you couldn't be part of the club unless your name was Linda. So everyone was named Linda. See, our names mean something to us. It's our identity. When somebody hears your name in a conversation, and it might not even be referring to you, they just hear the word of your name, it puts your picture in their head. See, when we were talking about names earlier, Martin Luther King, right? We were talking about Miley Cyrus. When I said that word, you saw them in your mind. You remember that? I'd ask you to open your Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 20. As we're continuing in a sermon series right now called, Do the Ten Commandments Still Matter? And we're going to be looking at the third commandment. We looked at the first and second commandments already, and, and God had, had given them to Moses and had given Moses a, a specific instructions to tell the, the people, the Israelites, and now he comes to the third commandment, and this is how it reads. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 7, reads like this. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God, 
The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. In the first two commandments, God tells his people not to worship any other God, not to have any other gods before him, and not to worship any idols. Now God is coming and he's specifically saying, do not misuse my name. Would it be fair to say that here in California, in our day and age, that we speak a totally different language than the language that Moses would have spoken when he came down Mount Sinai and he gave the, the Ten Commandments to the people. We don't speak that same language anymore. When we talk about God in uppercase G, God, we don't use the, the exact same language that Moses would have to represent God. Today, though, we're going to see how important God's name in our language is to us and how we can misrepresent God by misusing his sacred name. You're going to ask yourself, you're going to say, well, pastor, what is God's sacred name? What is it? I, I, don't, I don't know that I've heard it, or maybe I'm not I'm kind of confused. I'm not quite sure exactly what it is. I'm going to simply answer it this way. In our modern-day language, we refer to God as God with a capital G, okay? So we might refer to Him as Jehovah, God the Father, or Lord, and, and you'll see the word Lord capitalized in your Old Testament, L-O-R-D, and it's referring to God, God the Father. And, and we could put the name of Jesus in this category of God the Son, and we can put the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost in this category as, as the, the, the third member of, of the Trinity. We have to have a way to communicate God and God's name when we're in discussion and when we're talking about it. See, this is God's name to us. We use the word God. We use the word Jesus when we're referring to the Son. We'll use the words the Holy Spirit when we're referring to the paraclete, when we're referring to the one in us. But before we're done today, we're going to look at ways and see ways that our culture, and maybe even you, misuse the name of God. This morning, I'm going to ask you to do something that your mother may have asked you to do back when you were a kid. I'm going to very bluntly ask you to watch your language. It would be fair to say this is something really important. Maybe we don't, maybe we don't see it as important, but it is important. It's the third commandment that God gave his people. He's going to list ten, and then he's going to list hundreds of other rules that he's going to give to the Israelites, but the third rule that he gives his people is do not misuse my name. It's that important. Point number one in your notes is this. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, you can find our sermon notes on our website at parisvalleycc.com. Go about halfway down the page, click on sermon notes. You could print that out if you would like to, and you can fill in the blanks. Point number one in your notes this morning, God's name or any written spoken or signed or drawn representation of not just God, but even his name is sacred. So does that mean that we can't use 
God's name, that we can't say the word God. No, we actually need to at times. We need to be able to recognize who we're speaking about. But Exodus chapter 20, verse number 7, it says, it says, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does that mean? Well, how important is it? Let's go and see how important the name of God the Father was to Jesus, God the Son. See, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, when he was teaching them how to pray, the first thing that he mentioned had to do with the same subject. We're going to put Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9 up on your screen. This is what Jesus says. He says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Have you heard that before? We don't use the word hallowed much in our modern day culture. Again, we probably have only heard it right here in this verse. If we go to the New Living Translation... Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9 reads like this. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So this is Jesus telling his disciples, this is how you should pray. And we're just getting to the first few words. Before you even bring requests to God, you're talking about God's name. You're saying your name should be kept holy. Hallowed is a, is a really, it's a, it's a term referring to the act of being holy. It's keeping something holy. But that leads to the question, what exactly does holy mean? For something to be holy, it's something that is set apart. God himself is holy. He is set apart. It's for something to be outside a group of everything. That's God. He is holy. It's for something to be sanctified, something to be sacred, and something to be used only for a specific reason, for a purpose of God. It is set apart for God. It is holy. When the Israelites followed God's command and they built the tabernacle out in the desert, it was this, this portable tent uh, uh, that was used in that time as a temple, God had given very specific instructions that some of the material inside the tabernacle, pots, pans, silverware, things that are inside, were holy. They were set apart. They were clean as opposed to unclean. They were used for only one reason. As a matter of fact, you couldn't touch the items that were inside the tabernacle that were, that were holy or else now they would be unclean. They were set apart for God. They were set apart for one specific reason. The word holy, it comes from our, the Greek word uh, hagios, which literally means to be set apart. We use this term for saints as well. It's to be set apart for God, to be sanctified, to be of a specific purpose. It's not simply for a purpose. It is for a specific purpose relating to God. The opposite of the Greek word for holy is the Greek word uh, koinos. The Greek word for koinos, it just means common. It means 
ordinary. To the Jews, it would be something that is unhallowed. It would be something that is unclean. It's, it may be profane. It's just standard. It's just every day. It's just everything else. It's kind of like you and I were before we came to Jesus. I want you to see what the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 29, verse number 23. He writes this. When they see among them their children, the works of my hands, they will keep my name holy, and they will acknowledge the holiness of the Holy One of Jacob, and I will stand in awe of the God of Israel. And they will stand in awe of the God of Israel. I want you to see something else. We're going to go back to the New Testament. We're in John We're in John chapter 17, verse number 6. This is what I would refer to as the real Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus praying to God the Father. Jesus says this in John chapter 17, verse number 6. He says, I have manifested your name to the men who you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Again, here's a word that we don't use very often, the word manifest or manifested. To manifest is to reveal, to make something known. Jesus is saying, he is telling God the Father that he, Jesus God the Son, has made God the Father's name known, has revealed it to the men who God the Father gave to God the Son to lead. Watch this. Point number two in your notes is simply this. God's name reveals who He is. God's name reveals who He is. To manifest or to reveal, to make something known. It's more than simply something being revealed. It's, I have made known your name, but more than that, I have made known your character, your true representation. See, somebody can be revealed, but they can be revealed with a false identity. But when something is manifest, it is revealed as its true character. So God's name... Not even God. We're not talking about God the Father right now. We're simply talking about the Word that refers to His name manifests and makes known God's character. I want you to see how important this name is. We're going to go back to the Old Testament. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse number 5 and 6. God says this, But you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all of your tribes, watch this, to put His name there for His dwelling. To that place you must go. Go there and bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and your special gifts, what you have vowed to give and your free will offerings and the firstborn of your herds and your flocks. Scripture's talking about a dwelling. God says, you're going to go and make a dwelling amongst the tribes that I'm going to show you. But I want you to recognize that God doesn't say, 
you're going to make this dwelling for me. It says you're going to make this dwelling for my name. That's how powerful his name as a representation of him is. And you're going to bring your sacrifices there. And you're going to bring your tithes there. And you're going to bring your offerings there. The people of Israel took God's name so seriously and the spoken word of God's name. Wow, that was really important to them. It was so important that only one person in the entire nation could speak God's name, and he could only speak that name once a year. It was the, the high priest. And he would go into the tabernacle, and he would go into a room. It's a very sacred room. It's called the Holy of Holies. And only one person comes into this room once a year to give sacrifice and prayer and to atone for the sins of the nation. And in this one moment, he can utter God's name in prayer. But nobody else in the entire nation would dare utter God's name name. Even to this day, modern day Jews won't even write God's name. The word God won't even write it. You might see them write capital G dash, lowercase g, won't write out the word God. You say, why, why is that? Well, because it's sacred. Because it's important. Because it's God's name. Because here is a people, not only today, but here's a people down at the, at the base of Mount Sinai and these people that, that Moses is going to lead who see God's name as holy. They see God's name as separate from typical. They see his name as being revered. They see it so holy, they wouldn't even speak his name. It was so stricken from their vocabulary out of fear. Because, see, one of the worst things that you could do is break one of these Ten Commandments. The third commandment, it says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And so in order not to misuse it, we won't even say it at all. The audible sound of the word, they wouldn't say that. How did God's name initially sound? Like in the original language, if we could hear the word that is God's name, what would it sound like? Well, the best we get in, in English is a transliteration into the word Yahweh. You may have heard Yahweh as, as being a reference to, to God the Father, and it's the closest that we can come to in translating Hebrew, which doesn't have any vowels, into English. But we don't really know what God's name sounded like. Because over the generations, God's name as told to the first generation, was audibly lost. People didn't say his name. And so a new generation would come, and the spoken name of God was not passed on. We can, we can find writings, we can see letters, 
but we don't know. It's, it's lost to iniquity, the sound of God's name. Why? Because it was so holy. It was so sacred. It was so separate from typical. It was so important. And it was so important that his people followed this command that they would not even speak his name because they didn't want to in any way misuse his name. So they didn't speak it in worship. They didn't speak it in prayer. They didn't speak it on Twitter. They didn't speak it in emoji. They didn't speak his name anywhere. And the sound of his name was lost forever. I wonder if we give God... And we give God's name as much reverence and, and as much respect as the Israelites did. I wonder if a simple OMG emoji is in any way disrespecting God's name. I'd say the answer is yes. For really one of two reasons. If we say... OMG, in an emoji, or in a text message, or the audio equivalent to the term, then one of two things has happened. Either we're using a capital G, and we are using our English reference to the name of God with a capital G, and now we are absolutely misusing his name. Or we're using a lowercase g, and in that case, now it's become an idol. And it is one of another God, and, and now we're breaking the first and the second commandment. Is there any way that we could use OMG or its vocal equivalent, and we could call it acceptable use of God's holy name in our language? I would say no. It's a misuse of something that was set apart as holy for God. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, my grandmother would threaten us. If we said anything or used any foul language or if we even said something that she didn't like, she would threaten, us, she would threaten to yep, wash our mouths out with soap. Now, <clears throat> my grandmother wouldn't simply threaten to wash our mouths out with soap. My grandmother would wash our mouths out with soap. There is nothing worse than as a 10-year-old sitting on the couch and you've got a bar of Dial or Irish Spring or Dove or Zest in your mouth and you just have to sit there. Wash your mouth out with soap. Do we need God to come into our lives and help with our language and wash our mouths out from, his, from a misuse of his holy name. So we've been looking for over a half hour now at God's holy name, and we've been looking at how important it was to the Israelites and how important it was to God to give it to us as the third commandment. But what's the application? What's our transformational point? Why are we spending time on this this morning? It's this. When we use God's name, are we either using it in prayer, in worship, or in teaching? If not, 
we're misusing God's name. That's his name. God's name is never simply a word. It's not an emoji. It's not an expression. It's not a name that should be used to curse somebody. It's, it's not a name to be swearing to. It's, it's not a name that makes you sound more authoritative when you use it. It's not your witness. It is not a, a, a name to so help me. It, it, it's not there to put the fear of God in you. It, it's not... There for, for any other reason but worship, prayer, and, and teaching it is his holy name, separated from all other names. It is the holy name of our provider. It is the, the holy name of our rock. It is the holy name of, of God Almighty. It is the holy name of our creator, of the Alpha and the Omega. It is the holy name of the everlasting Father, of the bread of life and the one dwelling within us. It's the one who is faithful over his house. It's the one who is our life, our redeemer, our teacher, our healer, our strength. It's the one who is our justification and our peace. And the one who is pleased to give us the kingdom. Even the names of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, even the names of are holy. They're not common. They're not typical. The second part of this verse says this. It says that the Lord will not hold guiltless those who take his name in vain. It means that, that God is not going to excuse our misuse of his name. Remember, it's that important. It's the third thing. It's the third rule that God gave us. And he's saying, you know, I've given you the rule, you know this, and you're accountable. I'm, I'm, you're not getting away with it, is what he says. Then just like God will not tolerate the, the misuse of the, of the pots and pans and the spoons and the silverware and all the, the items that were inside the tabernacle, he is not going to tolerate the misuse of his name. Sanctification, it's a big church word. Sanctification, it's the process of becoming holy. It's the process of being set apart for God. As Christians, that should be our goal, to be sanctified, to be set apart for God. How are you using God's name how are you misusing God's name? Are we raising our hands and singing and, and worshiping to God and, and, and maybe praying in His name and then, then, then the next moment we are, we are cursing in His name? In the, in the next moment we are putting His name, using it as, as simply as, as in an emoji, just kind of throwing it out there to have fun with? Is God's name his holy name that is above all other names that is holy? Is his name a toy? It's 
What's the penalty for misusing God's name? I don't really know what the penalty is for misusing God's name. But I bet as a Christian, I think there's a hidden fact that leads to a penalty for misusing God's name. See, when you use God's name in numerous different formats, you use it in an emoji, you use it as an exclamation, you use it as a curse word, but then you turn around and you use it in worship and you use it in prayer, we kind of become confused about who God is and confused about what his character is. We have now two different thoughts of God. We have one that's over here that we're allowed to say whenever we want and, and, and use it wherever we want to, but we have another thought and, and idea of God over here that we use for prayer and worship. There's a penalty for misusing God's name. And it very well could be the penalty that we can't come close enough to God and truly understand who he is. Because when we hear his name and when we say his name, we use it worldly. We use it over here. We talked about in our open. We talked about sometimes our names, our names, bring up an identity in people's minds that we're not too fond of. I wonder if God's name is being used like that. What are we doing to keep God's name holy? What are we doing to keep the name of Jesus holy? We've talked about God the Father today. We can use the name of Jesus and put this in this category as well because that gets used in our modern-day culture outside of worship, outside of prayer, and outside of teaching. It gets used for many different things. We are to keep His name holy. And how much closer can somebody come to God when they have a proper understanding of the holiness of His name? And they're not confused because of different uses of his name. I wonder if we would ever curse somebody using our mother's name. Or if we would ever curse somebody using our brother's name or our sister's name or, or, or your wife or husband's name or even your spouse's name. Would you curse your spouse to your spouse using your spouse's name? Probably not. Because, because you know why? Because we know what that name represents. I know what Kelly's name represents. I also know what God's name represents. The, the name, the typed name, the written name of God represents the one who saved me. It shouldn't represent cursing. It needs to represent God correctly. His name represents being set apart. His name was set apart to identify him. But what are we identifying with when we hear the word God? What do other people identify you with when they think of God through you. 
How often do other people, people at work, when the word God comes out of your mouth, do they associate it with the Bible? Do they associate it with God the Father and God the Son? Do they associate it with your faith? Or when they hear you speak the word God, are they associating it with worldly cursings? See, his name represents who he is. You know that there's about 7 billion people on earth right now. And over the course of time, scientists estimate that there's been over 100 billion people on the face of the earth. 100 billion. And you know what? God knows your name. Do you know why God knows your name? He knows your name so that he could call you, so that he can get your attention, so that he could find you, so that he could interact with you. He can find you in a sea of faces. He can pick you out of a crowd because he knows your name. He gave you this name. And he will never, ever, ever, ever misuse your name. Your name is important to God. He will never use your name in a random fun tweet to all of the angels. He's never going to use your name just randomly for any worldly reason. No. He will always honor your name. He will always respect your name. You know why? Because you are his child. He named you. He loves you. He loves you and he cares about you so much that your name is sacred in his heart. He doesn't call you names. He doesn't make fun of you. He doesn't throw your name around just for fun. No. You are special. You are special to God. This morning, if you have never heard God calling your name, I ask you to listen. Sometimes, we have to be quiet to hear God's voice, which means maybe we have to stop talking, which means maybe we need to turn off all the noise. We need to get rid of all of the other gods in our life. We need to get rid of all of the other idols, and we need to focus on a holy name and listen. Are you listening for his call of your name this morning? I know somebody here today might be saying, Pastor, I've, I've been waiting for God to call me. And I keep listening for Him. I would say this. Let's make sure that we're properly using God's name. And when we speak to Him in prayer, 
Give him and give his name the utmost importance and respect. And let's talk to the one who even the word God represents. Talk to God as God. He's your God. And I want you to talk to him today. And I want you to keep listening because he is calling you by name. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for this message that is so deep, but about something that seems so simple. That you remind us that it's not simply you who are holy, but it is even your name that is holy. And Lord, I thank you that in your eyes, our names are set apart, that we are set apart. Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you will reach out and touch their heart, and you will reach out and call their name, that you will reach through your word and let them know that you are there, And you are calling them. Lord, as a church, I thank you for allowing us to come together here in this format. And I thank you for allowing us as a congregation to continue to call each other and even call our visitors online to to connect in a way that, that maybe we've never connected before. Lord, I pray that as Christians, you remind us to learn each other's names and to respect each other's names and to focus, though, on your name. Lord, let us shine your light, but let others, when they hear your name from our mouths, only see your radiance in the beauty of who you are through the spoken word through our lips. Lord, this morning, we come to you as a church online. And Lord, I I ask for your hand of blessing upon those who are leading us and our our state and our nation and our city through the remaining time of coronavirus quarantine, Lord. And I, I pray for health and safety among everyone here watching today and, and their families. Lord, Lord, I pray that you'll keep your church strong and you'll bring your church back together strong and safe so we can continue to worship you in person, Lord. Thank you for calling us by name. Thank you for being set apart and being so different and and so uncommon to anything out there. Lord, this morning we thank you and we love you and we praise you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name.